The broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen-only mode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this webinar on Office 365, uh, migrating from Office 365 dedicated to multi-tenant. Uh, this is Danny Ryan speaking. I'm the Vice President of Business Development for Three Will. And I'm fortunate enough to have uh, Kirk Lamone here with me. Kirk is a principal software engineer um, uh, from Three Will, and he's here to share on, uh, with us on this important topic. Thanks for joining. Sure, glad to be here. You betcha, you betcha. So tell me a um, little bit about what principal software engineer, what's, what's your role at Three Will, just so you can give folks a little bit of a background. Sure. So I play a role, uh, you know, I help out with sales, of course, but I also um, am very involved in projects. Uh, I'm, I'll spend most of my time on projects. So I'll play the role of an architect, uh, the team lead, developer, all the above, uh, scrum master sometimes. But, uh, but a lot, you know, a lot of times it's architecture design and uh, then helping to run the the team as well. So since we're covering Office 365, as far as technology, it sounds like, so that's one of the technologies that you cover along with a bunch of others? That's or? right. So uh, <laughs> Office 365, uh, especially SharePoint Online, also Azure, and then uh, SharePoint On-Prem as well. Great, great. So let's, um, maybe before we jump into this, um, we're talking about Office 365 dedicated versus Office 365 multi-tenant. Tell me, what is, what's Office 365 dedicated? What does that mean to me? Sure. It's, it is, um, it's really, I think, considered SharePoint online as, as is multi-tenant and basically Microsoft hosts um, uh, SharePoint in the cloud as they do with multi-tenant, but multi-tenant means that there's multiple tenants or uh, companies basically using uh, the same farm really. Uh, so sharing their sharing the services, whereas in dedicated there they do not share uh, share farms and or share services. Great. We'll probably get a little bit more into some. We'll get more into sort of the differences between the two maybe in a little bit here, but that's great just for as far as an overview. We've had also uh, come into the room Pete Skelly. Pete Skelly is our director of technology. Thanks, Pete, for joining us. Thanks, no problem. He is. Uh, he's going to take some backup <clears throat> questions if there's anything Kirk wants to punt the ball to for Pete. He'll throw it back to Pete, and hopefully Pete will answer. So thanks for joining us, Pete. Yeah, no problem. Um, so we're, uh, we wanted to focus this webinar on a particular project that we've done that we think is pretty interesting for people who are on uh, Office 365 dedicated, which is not a, it's not a, it's, we're talking about 60, 70. It's a small number, yep. Customers. Nothing so compared to the multi-tenant. Nothing people. compared. So these are really large companies that are on dedicated. For the most part, yeah. So, so um, tell me a little bit more about this project. Of course, we don't want to let any, uh, anybody know about exactly who the client is or any of the specifics of, of, of that, but just generalize the nature of the client and sort of how they're set up as an organization. Sure. They're, they're a large uh, multinational company and they have several business units or really sub companies, if you will, that are um, sharing the same dedicated uh, instance out there mm -hmm. and they're going to move separately um, into SharePoint Online multi-tenant. So, so several, you know, they're going to have their def different tracks. I think all of them are going to be going to uh, multi-tenant, but potentially at different times or definitely at different times. And uh, and we're you know we're managing one of them right now. Um, and uh, and you know, there's a lot more when you talk about 
um, Office 365, there's a lot more than just SharePoint. We're focusing on the SharePoint piece. There's yeah. also others that are focusing on the Exchange piece and um, others on the link or the Skype for Business piece. Okay, so this is, we're, I guess for the purpose of this webinar, we're really going to focus in on the SharePoint piece of this, which right. is what we're brought into. And I understand that the exchange piece was done by another organization and uh, also, the, I guess, the link part that was done yeah. by another organization as yeah. well. And then there's interdependencies for sure. So we need, uh, we need you know, those Azure AD accounts to be over there uh -huh. um, uh, before we do our piece. So, so it definitely matters. But, um, uh, but for the most part, they're separate. Pieces of work there. Does the exchange stuff go first, or what? Like, sort of at least the, the Azure AD piece has okay. to go first, and um, I, I believe all of the exchange is going to be completed before we start. And, and I see Pete nodding his head, yes. Yes, we have a we have acknowledgement in the back of the room. That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, and I know we're, we'll, 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 we're pretty early on in the project, but I, I still wanted to, I think there's a lot of stuff that's happened up to this point that mm -hmm. I want, want to share with other folks. Let's talk about the reason why, why move off of dedicated. Sure. What's, what's the, what's, what was the, the thought there? Well, the primary driver is cost related. Okay. So, uh, you know, SharePoint online multi-tenants, you see a lot of companies going there big and small and, um, and, you know, down to one-person companies, for example, yeah. and uh, the reason is because it's quite cheap. You know, if you look at the costs involved, and of course, there's different plans in there, and they have different costs. And then dedicated has you know substantially higher costs. And when you start adding up the number of users in these larger companies, then that's something you definitely got to pay attention to: is is it worth it to you to stay in the dedicated environment? Or would you rather have the, the lower cost option? And you know there are some benefits of the dedicated environment, um, and, but there's there's pros and cons. So for example, you know if you want to have stuff that's that doesn't change as often, you might want to stay in dedicated. But if you want the latest features, um, you know those are going out to the multi-tenant environment before they're going out to uh, you know SharePoint on-premises environments before they're being deployed to the, the on-premises builds. But, um, you know, there's going to be a V-next in dedicated, and my understanding is those will start to get the features a little quicker than, mm -hmm. um, than in the past. But still, the multi-tenant is going to be getting those the features first. So the next generation of dedicated is called V-next. Yeah, I don't know if that's an internal name yeah. or, or not. I don't think uh, anyone's on it yet, uh, okay. but, but that's my understanding is, is there's a, um, a dedicated environment they're going to, everyone that's in dedicated that stays there is going to be moved to the VNext okay. uh, by Microsoft. You can you can choose to stay in that or you can choose to move to uh, multi-tenant. Now, I know sort of at the evolution of SharePoint, one of the things uh, that, that we've been talking through through the years is sort of the move from full trust code over to farm, over to sort of cloud-based stuff. Is what in the dedicated environment do you have, can you run like full trust code or farm-based solutions or? It's a great question. So in the current dedicated environments, you can, and there's a, a big asterisk next to that, you have to get, um, have to go through a, a process called MSO, an MSO CAF process of getting things approved to okay. go into the farm solutions. They are not installed by you, they're installed by Microsoft. Um, you have to have a high-level design around this, and, and they and they have to get the approval. And we've certainly seen that approval fail for certain things. Okay. So if you need any third-party tools installed that do farm solutions or run anything directly on the server, say a PowerShell script, um, that requires this approval process, and that can take time. You know, we're mm -hmm. talking you know weeks easily, and um, 
So you got to plan for that and it can be, uh, you know, they can reject it. Um, Once you move to VNext, my understanding is that option will no longer be there. So it's going to be just like the uh, multi-tenant option. Okay. So it's going to basically cloud-based solutions. Right. It's going to be, you know, the whole whole, uh, app, the 2013 app model applies. And, um, of course, you know, what's in uh, multi-tenant today is closer to 2016, but but it's still that, that same app model applies. You would use that. You would not use, you'd use the, maybe the patterns and practices for things like provisioning, uh, but you would not be using farm solutions. Okay. And you can't do it in multi-tenant today. You will not be doing it in dedicated once it goes to the VNext. So what happens to those those full trust slash farm-based solutions when you move to VNext? Uh, they will not go. You have to rebuild them if okay. you still need that functionality, and you have to do it in, in the newer architecture. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. So tell me, did we, with the decision to move, um, how were we involved in that process? Mm-hmm. Did we, how did we help with the, um, making a decision? So we, we were definitely involved in the process. And so there were lots of, uh, lots of options on the table. There was, you know, stay where we are and then go to V next. And what does that mean for us? Or move to multi-tenant. One was, do we move to um, multi-tenant and have multiple tenants in the multi-tenant environment, maybe one per region. Okay. Um, you know, so we could have one for uh, Asia, maybe one for Australia, maybe one for North America. And, uh, you know, we looked at that option. That one breaks down pretty quick. Um, and uh, Microsoft discourages that is my understanding. And I discourage it as well. The, the w- way it breaks down is, is in several areas and, and primarily revolves around external users. So imagine, um, if you have a tenant in North America and a tenant in Australia, um, and your company has has those two, and you're you're a user in North America, but you're an external user to the Australia tenant, um, and you have access to it because someone's invited you maybe to an area, but but you to they have to invite you for them to invite you they they can't use the, the look up, look ahead on the people picker okay. or, the, or the controls when you're inviting people. They have to type in your email address and you'll be an external user, not an internal. And, and they are, um, they're second class citizens. They have a lot of capabilities. I think that's great, but but they are second class citizens. So, so last I checked, certain things like Power BI, Delve, the video portal, uh, Office 365 groups, those things do not work for external users. And uh, I'm sure there's more. And as also as new features come along, those new features may not apply to external users. So anytime you separate things out into multiple tenants, mainly maybe per region, you have got uh, potential issues or it goes because you're dealing with external users, unless you give everyone multiple accounts, but then they've got to manage those. And of course you got a bigger cost. Yeah, pay for the cost of so, the accounts as well. Yeah. Right. So it's not, um, it's not ideal. Um, you know, other, other things uh, that kind of factor into that decision. Well, other things to think about, I guess, is um, with 2016, if you want to keep some on-prem, maybe you've got some dedicated or on-prem in, uh, farms, say, even if you have dedicated, maybe you got some on-prem as well. There's a much better story now when it comes to search. So you can have your index, your 20, SharePoint 2016 on-prem index consumed by uh, SharePoint Online, and then so you can be uh, doing a search in SharePoint Online, and it'll it'll find your on-prem content. 
And that's a lot better hybrid story than we've had in the past mm -hmm. um, from a search standpoint. So I think that's great. Another thing to think about would be um, Express Route, which will just basically give your um, your your location or your your sites uh, you know, a, a fast pipe straight to um, uh, straight to Office 365 through certain vendors. I don't know who all they are, but like AT and T or Comcast, like that. Mm -hmm. And um, just another thing to mention there is if you if you look when I talked about these different regions. Um, if you, if you look at that, there's some online data maps you can find out there that Office 365 publishes. And they're a little confusing because they'll show things like, well, the South America region uses a data center in, the North, in North America for SharePoint Online. Mm -hmm. I believe that's the case, but not for dynamic CRM. They'll use something in Brazil for that. And, and it, it's a little bit fuzzy when you start looking at the different regions. So pay attention to that if you're thinking, oh, what region are we going to use? Because you do get to choose only one region for your tenant. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean? Where is it? Where is the data really residing? So, but other other things to think about are um, like if you do have concerns with keeping your data within a certain country um, for uh, you know for the the data laws of that country, say Germany, then um, you know. Microsoft might say that, hey, we've we're, we've got this covered. Uh, you know, we we are we're good to go with that. But if you disagree, then you can still have your on-prem farm, host it in the country of choice, and then if you can do just like SharePoint 2016, you can still do some of that search indexing, maybe if that's allowed by your um, uh, by your data laws. Interesting. So you're so it sounds like you're you're. So for the data heart, for folks when we have safe listeners harbor, who are, yeah. it's called safe harbor, I think. Yeah, for those laws, um, because we do have list, listeners right now who are from over in Europe, they, um, so you would do something where you would have like an on-premise SharePoint that would have the localized data there, but then you could run the, sh the SharePoint online and have the two of them talk to each other. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the hybrid solution story is getting better. That this It's really, a, a, before it was, what, BCS, Search, and then one other one, which was kind of a corner case, and I forget what it was, with, something with SAP, I think. And uh, and the Search one has gotten better, okay. and it, it can work both directions. But, um, uh, you know, the, the, the new way it's getting better, as I mentioned, is the uh, index can be ingested by SharePoint Online. Now, that may not work with your safe harbor rules, but uh -huh. uh, that that would be a nice way to kind of integrate the two. Uh-huh. Great. Um, so it sounds like in discussing whether to make the move or not make the move, that there was a point in which you said, okay, let's, this may, and we, we decided to go, let me see if I get this straight. We didn't do multiple tenants. We did Correct. one tenant, and this is for the whole comp. This is for the entire company. This whole well, yeah. As I said initially, this company is is really a conglomeration of companies, and and the kind of the head unit is moving. We're helping them move to um, from multi-tenant to I'm sorry, from dedicated to multi-tenant, and there are other sub companies, if you will, that are going to be moving separately. Okay. And um, and so they will have their own tenants, and so there will be. Um, and they have, you know, they've been working together in some of these site collections. So now when, when they are in these different tenants, there will be external users and they're going to have to worry about how they're going to invite those external users and make them part of the family again for certain site collections. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's definitely going to be some some pain there. Okay. And then so we made the. It sounds like the decision was made. It was primarily primarily made off of the cost benefit, looking at what what you're giving getting with uh, what you have with dedicated versus what you get in the multi-tenant environment. It sounds like there's some pros and cons of each each option. Yeah, um, when we gave them a you know, big spreadsheet showing a bunch of you know all all these features or uh, decision points and kind of scored them in the different choices and uh, rolled up those weighted. You know, basically, you know, some things matter more than others, so we weighted costs more than certain things, and and uh, so you know, VNext was not out of the picture, but um, multi-tenant was was their decision. Mm -hmm. And as you were looking at this, uh, were there tools? Let's talk maybe a little bit right now about tools involved mm -hmm. with this. Um, what did we? We're talking about a, a pretty significant size migration. Um, did we help with the selection of the of the tools that were going to be used? Tell me a little bit more about that whole process. Yeah, yeah. so there, um, yes, we did help, and there are um, several tools, obviously. So what we did is we we, we looked at um, you know all the tools or a lot of the tools out there that are for migrations, and we um, quickly narrowed it down to a couple of them uh, based on our needs. So everyone's needs are different. In this case. Um, the requirement was we want to do a lift and shift of site collections. You know, so we want to take a, a large number of site collections, not a small number, and, and move them from one environment to another and keep them working as close to the same as they were before um, with as little degradation of features as possible. And so we're looking at that specific use case and understanding that our, our source environment was a, a SharePoint Online dedicated and our target is SharePoint Online multi-tenant. That helped us narrow down those tools. The fact that it's a large number, we knew we had to orchestrate this with PowerShell, yeah. and um, so that might that probably removed a tool or two from our choice list. We got it down to two tools, and then we we uh, created uh, two or three dozen use cases okay. that were important to us. You know, an obvious use case would be just get my list and library content over there and my subsites. Um, but uh, outside of that, then there's well. Do you care about workflow, infopath, um, managed metadata? It, it can go on and on and on. And we, we have, as I said, two or three dozen. I think it's actually, I want to say it's up to 70 now, but a lot of use cases where we were looked at initially um, between these two tools. And uh, then we made the tool choice. And uh, I mean, that helped us make the tool choice, obviously. Okay. So, um, and so that was, that was, you know, a big part of it. We just need to, I just want to emphasize the fact that every um, every project is different. Your requirements are different. So anyone's tool choice could be different than our tool choice. And that's, yeah, and that's, I guess, sort of our philosophy is more of let's not say you have to use this tool when you work with us. It's more of let's help you make the decision around the tool and, and mm -hmm. probably get some help from the, org the tool vendor himself sure. for, for implementing it. But in the end, try to make the best decision for the customer, not just whoever we recommend based upon our past experience. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the and you know we had past experience with with both final tools, and um, so I don't think that influenced it. And you also looked at a tool that was sort of taking a look at the environments yeah, that's a good and what. Point. Yeah. What, um, tell me more, a little bit more about that. Yeah. So there's um, at least one tool out there that'll kind of um, catalog your current environment. And help you make decisions around uh, moving. And we we kind of wanted to use this tool, 
but um, they were, and I talked about how um, if you want to install a farm solution in the dedicated environment, it has to go through this approval process. Uh -huh. And that's, they, they ran into that problem. They had not had it approved yet. We worked with them to try and get it approved and we could not get it approved. Oh, frustrating. But, um, but, but definitely something to consider, especially for um, you know, an on-premises location. If you're going from on-prem to um, Office 365 multi-tenant, mm -hmm. then, then yeah, there's, there's tools out there that can help you kind of catalog what you've got. Things like um, how many, how many um, sites have workflows or have InfoPath. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you those types of things, and it's a it's a lot of information I can tell you. Are they is the plan to pull everything over, or is there a plan to sort of look at stuff and leave, leave some, you know recognizing that some stuff maybe needs to be archived or is really just a past history of, of something? Yeah, we discussed that, and um, in our case, we are moving everything over for this business unit. Um, Except for my sites, we've okay. decided not to do my sites. There weren't, there was not heavy use of my sites. There's a very large number of them, however, but they're all very tiny. They, um, many of them have very little data, so we've ch chosen not to do my sites. So where are you? I guess backing off from this whole thing, where are you as far as the process of making this migration? I know it's a, this is a, a big project mm -hmm. for us. So what sort of are, are we halfway there? Are we one third way there? Where, where are we with this? Yeah, well. You know, our, our analysis started, I think, earlier this way earlier this year, like um, probably February timeframe. But uh, what we're doing now is we're going through and um, getting ready for pilot. So okay. pilot's going to start at the end of next month, and uh, during our pilot, we want to actually move um, yeah, probably several hundred site collections and. Um, and learn from that experience in this environment. So uh, to be prepared for that, we need to understand what are the issues we're gonna run against. So what are the gaps that the tool can and cannot handle? Mm -hmm. And um, then we've gotta mitigate those and handle them. So we can either mitigate those by uh, uh, communication. So just communicating to site owners or users and saying, hey, this is an, this is an issue, maybe it's an issue specific to your site. We know that you've got this type of feature in your site and it's not supported in in migrating um, running workflows as an example you know any anytime a workflow is running it cannot be migrated to office 365 so um, and until Microsoft changes some API and uh, so we're going to be watching running workflows and okay. uh, and if there are still some running we'll probably not run those at that time until we get to a point where We've got it. We've told people they've got to stop their workflows so we can run them, or they're just going to get get that data over. The other things besides communication, um, we obviously we can we can write uh, code ourselves that um, does CSOM type code to uh, to, uh, to SharePoint Online Multi-Tenant that will maybe do some fix up afterwards of certain things. And we found several cases that tool doesn't handle right now that, that we can do. Tell me what CSOM means. What is oh, uh, client side object model. It's okay. just uh, it's the only way you program against, uh, well, it's not the only way you can do REST or CSOM against uh, SharePoint Online. Okay. So it's just uh, your, you know, your code runs in um, on a client, not on the server. It's not a farm solution. You know, it can run in a browser as JavaScript. It can also run in PowerShell uh, okay. or in, you know, a console app written in C Sharp, for example. Okay, cool. And uh, so that's another way of mitigating or uh, working around or solving issues. Um, 
An example there might be, uh, in our case, regional settings are not going over with, with our tool. So we're going to be doing that with Seesaw. Okay. Um, another, another way might be, um, in certain cases, we might be uh, implementing some server-side code on the dedicated environment, getting the uh, MSO CAF approval, uh, going through that approval process. And an example of that is um, we want to set some of our sites to read only when we're doing the migration because we're not planning on doing incrementals for all of our sites. Okay. And so <clears throat> you would think you could turn them, to, uh, turn them as read only um, using CSOM, which you can actually do in SharePoint Online multi-tenant, but you cannot do in SharePoint Online dedicated or in SharePoint 2013 until you run a PowerShell script um, on your server, which is something we also cannot do out of the box. So, um, so we're going to write uh, a farm solution to handle, um, in, the, in this case, the read-only aspect. Um, it's also going to help with detecting um, running workflows as well, so we know at any time we can just call a web service and say what, what workflows are running. Uh, I think that's... Oh, we're also we're updating. Um, we're kind of taking inventory of of the site collections we're moving. Okay. And we're, we've got a process where we can run something maybe once a day or once a week to find out where things are, and that'll help us <clears throat> understand um, what we should be focusing on. For example, if there is an issue with a certain feature moving over, but but nobody makes use of that feature then we don't really care about it. Or if it's only four site collections, then we're just going to deal with that manually. So um, so there are going to be certainly some manual fixes that we're going to have to do um, versus automated. And I think you know, we expect a lot of those around branding, but there's going to be others as well. And so we're paying attention to these um, test cases that don't pass with the tool and then um, deciding what track to go based on you know how severe it is within the environment. So a couple, these aren't real technical questions. Of course, probably none of my questions are real technical, but um, pilot, how did you decide what, who goes into the pilot, that, that group of people yeah. who first make the move? Well, Pete may want to chime in, but I'll just mention that um, we're in the process of that right now. Okay. The, client, the client is going to be involved. And, uh, and there's definitely a process for kind of trying to take a mix of of um, site collections. Okay. And so that mix could involve the size of the site collection, and then a complexity, which there's several things that go into the complexity, and maybe some other things. Pete, I don't know if you've got anything. Yeah, we're still sort of in process. Uh, you asked earlier about where we are overall mm -hmm. in the process. And so we're early on knocking off some of the kind of issues and challenges. And so right now we're trying to figure out some of the criteria. So Kirk mentioned things like total size of a site collection, uh, what if there are running workflows? Uh, do we want to uh, identify something that's business critical? So if we know that there's a high read volume of data uh, mm -hmm. or if there's a high write volume of data, um, you know, we don't want to obviously process something that's, uh, you know, going to be doing something at month end if it's a financial site, some, some things like that. So right now we're trying to figure out, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, an algorithm that will kind of load balance, if you will, overall speed and amount of data and kind of batch those uh, site collections since there is a significant number of them uh, over time we can batch those up and actually kind of reduce the remediation load and kind of load balance or level out that remediation need. Very cool and I know you were, Kirk you mentioned 
communication earlier, and that just seems so critical with this project because you're trying to move a, you know, a large group of people from one place to, to another place. Now, you're, how, does, how, do you, how are you communicating out to that group of people? And are we, are we helping with sort of how you're communicating what's going to go on out to that group of people? Well, so in terms of when you move, we are. And, and we've got, I mentioned we've got this inventory of the sites that we're <clears throat> moving. The, all the site owners are going to have access to this. It's actually a SharePoint list. Okay. And, and when they that's a novel use SharePoint. Yeah, we use, we're using SharePoint to move SharePoint and and uh, very meta. <laughs> yeah, how meta of you guys. Nice. So so they those site owners um, they don't go out to it now, but when 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 we're ready for them to, they can go out to this list and it'll be filtered to just those sites that they are uh, site owners of, and that's already set up and our scripts have have made sure that's set up. So that's just using a, a regular old filter. And uh, using the people picker field, uh, multi-value people picker field. So um, that's part of it. There's going to be definitely communications that go out, and with our client, they have specific requirements around how those communications go out. So they're going to be in charge of that, and we're going to be guiding them in terms of here's the things we think that need to go out and when, and the type of thing that needs to be said, and then they're going to be, you know, actually making that communication happen. But the team we work with, you know, we're, we're working with them closely every day. So at the client and, and um, we use uh, Scrum uh, as our process. Okay, and, good. So you get into the process. That, you, that was one of the next questions I wanted to hit is how is this different? So we're typically building apps for people, and this is a little different mm -hmm. doing a migration. How is, how is the process changed? Right. So, you know, we, we do a lot, uh, you know, several migrations, and uh, we do have – um, a process that we follow for migrations that's really it's similar to our other um, app dev processes in certain ways, but migrations are they, they have kind of a, a lot more knowns in terms of the types of tasks that have to be done. <clears throat> and uh, so we've already got a lot of those steps laid out. And, uh, and so, but, it's, but we still do scrum around that process. So we know there's going to be um, an internet with a Migration, we know there's going to be analysis, there's going to be POCs and pilots, there's going to be some, for every everything that's migrated, there's going to be pre-migration, migration, and post-migration work. But when it comes to the overall process, we are using Scrum. We have our daily stand-ups. We're doing two-week sprints. Uh, the client is involved in our daily stand-ups, and that's critical in every project I've been on. If, if the more the client is involved, the, the more successful we can be because we're going to be more in tune with them. They're going to be more in tune with us. So is there a pro do you have like a product owner or somebody mm -hmm. who acts as the product owner? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and we've got stakeholders of course as well. And okay. so, um, so we've got from the client, we've got uh, usually two or three people that are on the daily calls and then we'll have a couple more that are on the sprint reviews. So they're going to stay, uh, they're going to stay in tune with what our project is doing, and, and they are involved in doing some of the work as well. So. Mm -hmm. It seems like with this, you guys are, it's, this is all about managing risk as well, with trying to figure out what, are, how do we address the most, you know, things that will stop us from making this migration that you're really trying to think almost on a daily basis about what are the, what's the risks that are out there. Right. And yeah. So I'll jump in there. One of the things that we do routinely on projects like this is a weekly review of the product backlog. So mm -hmm. any of the things that are in progress or things that might be coming up in the next sprint or even, you know, 
further out if they do have risk around them. Risks themselves, and then specific to this project, there were a lot of things that uh, we wanted to, because of the velocity we have to have uh, to get this accomplished in the time frame they're looking for, we had a lot of decisions we wanted to track. So we specifically created a, an additional list within SharePoint um, inside our project extranet to actually track those lists, or decisions, excuse me, and sort of let us kind of gauge um, proposed dates where we needed that decision by, and then we'll review those weekly with the, the project stakeholders to say, what are those decisions? You know, what's the, the cadence that we want on kind of making that decision? If there's, if we're waiting on someone else in, you know, in the organization, or if we have dependencies that we just want to track and make sure we're reviewing a, on a weekly basis. So you're calling out to them specifically what questions need to be answered, a time frame, and then the impact if they're not answered by that. Yeah, exactly. A per perfect example is you mentioned my site. So because of the volume of sites and the volume of data, one of the things that we wanted to decide very early on was, are we going to migrate my sites? And so we had some several conversations and, and due to you know some information that came up recently, we actually decided that uh, my sites are out. So that decision is tracked, the date that that decision was made, the stakeholder who made it. So we're not churning as a team. We can go back and just look at the completed list of decisions to say, you know, what was that decision? Are we going to migrate uh, running workflows? Are we going to notify a user for running workflows? What are we going to do around topic X? Mm -hmm. So really trying to keep those uh, front and center with both the, the client and the team overall so that we're, we're not rehashing those things because this is such a, a large project. You were talking about deadlines earlier. Is there like a, a drop-dead date that they have to be off of their dedicated environment and, and so that you're sort of working there's back a, from there's that? There's a renewal date. There's and, a renewal date. And if they, if they don't meet that date, then they're going to be paying for another year. For another year, okay. So, um, so yes. That's, that's the that's <laughs> motivation for everyone? There's, there's, there's a line. The date is not changing. There's a line that will not be crossed. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So what has been the involvement from the client? You, I know you were talking here about questions that need to be answered. Tell me more about how we're working together with them. Yeah, I mean, well, they they are involved on our daily meetings, which to me is the most important part. Um, and so they they um, hear what we're going through, and and uh, we have we can hear what they're doing as well related to the project. And so. Um, uh, you know that it just really helps because then that's when we can might say you know what and I, I need your help in this area and and then they'll go off and help us so um, that's the main part we do use our extranet and they do hit that extranet and, you know they're, we're uploading and downloading files from there all the time mm. um, for collaboration we're putting in um, you know some facts from some other documents and wikis in there because we got to have all this communication that goes out for certain things so we're starting to to put that there um, and then they're going to start reviewing that. And, and they're pretty active on our extranet. They're, 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 uh, they're, one or two people are, right. yes, and um, and that's that's good. And then you know, the sprint reviews, uh, we're getting you know some stakeholders and others in there, so they get to see the status. We're reporting kind of how our progress is going for certain things, like the decisions list, as Pete mentioned, but also just how is our remediation going of certain issues okay. um, that we're that are you know are we, we aren't we're migrating are those are all our test cases are they tested and of those that are tested which ones are having issues and how of those issues which of those have been remediated by now or at least have we done a spike around it to understand if um, yes we can remediate it through say automated CSOM calls very cool 
Let's get to some wrap-up questions here. Um, if you had two or three takeaways, sort of, or maybe bits of advice that you would give somebody looking into this, um, besides contact three, <laughs> what would you what would you share with them as far as what you know, looking into to taking on a, a venture like this? Right. What would you share? Um, well, there's <laughs> might be hard to put down two or three. We'll see, but uh, or you can have four or five. Okay. I'll give you four uh, or five. Go right. ahead. So, I mean, to me, the first one is you need to know your environment. So when you have, if you have a very large environment you're moving, of course, and of course we're focusing here on SharePoint, um, it can be hard to know the details of it, but you need to understand the, the limitations of where you're coming from and where you're going to. In our case, um, you know, it's dedicated to multi-tenant. We had a lot of limitations there, and there's limitations what the tools can do as well. They're limited in certain ways because of the APIs. Um, and those would occur from multi-tenant to multi-tenant as well, or anything to multi-tenant. You're going to have some of those. Um, you can't do a database attached type of thing. But uh, so that's probably the first one. Um, the other one I've already mentioned: external users. So if you're using external users in your current environment, you need to think about how those translate over to your new environment. So in our case, we were going from dedicated multi-tenant. Our external users, they have a lot of them. And uh, those external users are really still domain accounts. Um, they have, I think they have a separate Active Directory for these users than their regular users. But they're in an AD domain. And they, as far as SharePoint, uh, what, you know, SharePoint Online dedicated is really basically SharePoint on-prem 2013 hosted by Microsoft. And uh, it is, they're basically first-class citizens in that environment. External users in SharePoint Online multi-tenant are different, and they're, they're not, I, I would not consider them first-class citizens. I think they're very close, you know, they're business class maybe, but um, but there are those issues, and migrating those, um, you got to think about what does it mean to migrate those. Are they still in Active Directory, or are they? <clears throat> well, the, everything, I think every user is going to be in, they're in, in uh, Azure Active Directory. Um, the external users. It's just a, a link to them because they might be a Microsoft account or, or a live organizational okay. account. So, okay. <clears throat> so, so there's not necessarily there's. Yeah, I don't think they account. are, but uh, certainly uh, SharePoint knows about them. And in, in fact, the the tenant, the uh, Office 365, I think has an external users section that it knows about them. Okay. So, um, so they're not just a SharePoint thing. Although I think only SharePoint uses them right now. So external users is another big one. Uh, think about how you're going to communicate to all these users, your external users, site admins, other members. Think about the features you currently use, um, and, and are those features supported in, in multi-tenant? If that's where you're moving, um, can you move those features over there? Uh, think about you know, what it takes to, to move those. You may want to test those with um, a tool of choice. Um, Think about the type of, of move you're doing. Are you are you doing in our case? I've mentioned a lift and shift of site collections. Well, a lot of people that doesn't that's not what they want to do. They might want to take this time to reorganize their content. Yeah. They may want to start making use of the video portal in multi-tenant, and they're on maybe they're on-prem or in dedicated, and they don't have a concept of a video portal. Maybe they want to start moving their videos over there um, and take make use of that. So <clears throat> there's different ways of moving, and um, you know. One size does not fit all. So oh, another one is uh, consider Azure to, um, to to run that move for you. So in our case, we are using Azure because um, to, to run our migration software. And that's going to help 
you know, that, that is what's going to be moving the data. And um, the reason we think that's a good choice is it's closest to the data. So there, we're going from, um, you know, SharePoint Online, dedicated to SharePoint Online multi-tenant. So the data lives um, relatively close to Azure, and, and it should be in, in these data centers. So. Um, do we know if it's crossing to another data center, or we, do we have any idea about We about do not that? believe so. We do not believe so. Okay, so it's staying in the same, <clears throat> most likely staying in the same mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure they got some barriers there or something, but, yeah. but, uh, but it's going to be closer than, say, trying to run it out of an office from the headquarters. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. At the very least, at least you're on Microsoft's backbone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So I, you're probably not in the same data, data center. and we're, there really is no way to tell definitively where your data is. Um, Microsoft won't release that. Uh, they will if you call and kind of prove who you are, et cetera, but um, they're not going to tell everybody where their yeah. data is. So. And, and, and also the nice thing about Azure is you can ramp up, um, as everyone knows, you know, doing um, uh, with, with IaaS or, or uh, which is what this is, we're running VMs. So we can, we right now we're running a couple of migration servers and we're, we're ready to ramp up to eight migration servers. So right the migration now. tool we chose, we're mm -hmm. running that tool on Azure. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. gotcha. yep. and, and then we've written PowerShell scripts that are um, orchestrating that tool to tell it to do its job. Cool. You have one more if you want to do one more. Okay, I'll do one more. <laughs> one more and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Throttling is, uh, is something to think about and something we're concerned about. So. In the SharePoint Online multi-tenant world, they, uh, Microsoft knows that you are sharing the hardware with other tenants. That's why it's multi-tenant. And so they do not want you to hog the resources of that hardware, um, which means you know, your I.O. requests, your database requests, all that stuff. So they are monitoring how quickly you're doing this. And, if, and I don't, they will not tell us the algorithm. I wish they would. But if, if you hit some threshold, they're going to start to throttle you, and they're going to give you back what's called a HTTP 429, which basically says, oh, we're a little too busy right now to handle your requests. Try again later. You know, you want your tool of choice to be able to handle that, number one. And you want to be aware when it's happening. You don't want to try and overload the tool and say, oh, okay, let's just keep throwing in. Um, we want to try and do uh, 80 site collections at once. Well, if your environment's getting throttled, then that may not be a smart move. And you want to think about, tactics to overcome throttling, maybe using different user accounts to access it, and um, you can be coming from separate servers maybe, but that may not help the throttling aspect. So you want to pay attention to that and watch out for it. Now yeah. it's going to be hard to detect until you do some real-world tests with you know real-world data and a lot of it at once. Last question. It's a, it's a, I'll hurl a softball pitch at you. It's very self-serving, extremely self-serving, which is why is, why is three wheel the right partner for this type of project? Um, yeah, and the, you know, I could go on about you know past experience with with migrations and stuff, but for me, the big one is um, what we do on all our projects, which is we put our customer first. We are not beholden to um, you know the tool vendor, to Microsoft, to anyone. We want to do what's right for the customer, so. Uh, we want to look at your situation. We know you're unique, and we know your needs are unique. Now, you may have some similarities with other clients that we've worked with in the past, mm -hmm. but we want to look at those and understand them and then help you make the right decision on how to move forward. And we want that's our goal. It's not to get you more, you know, get more licenses of X. Cool.
Anything you'd add to that, Pete, at all? I think that uh, says it perfectly. Awesome, awesome. Well, I definitely want to have you guys back towards the end of the project, just to give us sort of a report and give us an update as far as things that you've learned since the, you know, towards the end of the project and just hear about things. Um, I want to hear whether you're going to make your date or not. <laughs> um, no, just have you back just sure. to, to share more, because I think this was very helpful just to give people an idea of what things to start thinking about. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. I know you guys are extremely busy right now, so thanks for taking the time out of the project to come and share with folks in the community about this. Um, for everyone listening, I will. Um, I am recording this, so if there's, if you wanted to share this with some colleagues, uh, just check out our. Um, uh, there'll be a actually an email that's sent out to you early next week, which you'll have a link. Uh, to the video and feel free to share that with other folks who you think might be interested in this. Um, I think that's it for all. Thank you everyone for taking the time to join us on this webinar. You can always find out about more upcoming events if you go to our calendar on our website, threewheel.com slash calendar. And uh, we're just thinking about, starting to think about events for next year. If you guys have some ideas about things that we should cover, I'm always interested in that. Um, I, I think this year we've had some great topics go by and excited about what we were presenting. Uh, next year I might start focusing in on some of the partners we're working with and sharing a little bit more about uh, some of the different tools that we use and just a little bit more about um, you know, specifics on projects and just getting people to learn more about what's out there. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen in and have a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.